0: In the second Olympic Games in Paris, France, the track athletes discovered the organizing committee had laid out the track on the grass field within the horse racing track. Around the last corner was a grove of trees obscuring the view for the fans trying to see who was in the lead. In some of the races, there was interference from the fans getting in the way of the runners trying to peer around the trees as to who was leading. Canada's first Olympic gold medalist competed in the 400-meter hurdles, and he won a bronze medal. An hour later, he had to return to the track to compete in the 2,500-meter steeplechase. At the sound of the gun, he took off, but held back for most of the race. As he approached the last uphill on the last lap before reaching the grove of trees, he decided to make his move. He started passing runners before disappearing behind the trees. I'm Jungle Jim Hunter, and you're listening to 831 Living Your Best Life Podcast, where we inspire participation, communicate precision, and empower performers to podium. And we hope that you will go to junglejimhunter.com or your favorite podcast provider or YouTube and subscribe, download, click on like, rate and review, tell somebody else, inspire somebody else today, become an 831er by just sending this reference to this podcast to somebody else and inspire them. It's seven days to the 32nd Olympic Games, and they're going to start on July 24th. And it's 39 days to the 16th Paralympic Games, starting August 24th. And I hope you will watch and support our teams. Well, he was born in 1873 and grew up in Strathroy, Ontario, only six years after the birth of Canada in 1867. His road to the Olympic Games in Paris was a rough road. He attended the University of Toronto and then the University of Pennsylvania, and he ran for his American alma mater and won more American national championships than any previous runner. Winning races in the U.S. and Great Britain, he was known as the best middle-distance runner in the mile, two-mile, and steeplechase events. Despite his Canadian citizenship, he earned a spot on the U.S. team, traveling to the Second Olympic Games. And throughout his life, after the Games, he was invested in sport in both countries, and most Canadians don't know much about him. And it wasn't until almost 75 years later that Canada recognized him as a Canadian because he traveled with the U.S. team to those Paris Olympics and was considered an American athlete until Canada was asking a simple trivia question. Who was the first Canadian to win an Olympic gold medal? In Mark Hebsher's book, The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of, Mark outlines the history of our first Olympic gold medalist in a six and a half hour audiobook. Mark points out that he was disabled at age three in a fall, to overcome this paralysis, his father had him run behind the family's horse-drawn buggy wherever they went, earning the nickname, The Boy Who Never Walked. He kept running so much that eventually he entered a local competition, and he won. And, he won. and then he won, and then he won, and then he won again, and he kept on winning. And he ran and continued to run through university and for the rest of his life. He had a withered arm but dominated sport of his generation. As a runner and steeplechase athlete, he was without peers. Rarely could anyone keep up to him in hockey and soccer. He was fluent in nine languages and armed with a PhD in philosophy. His revolutionary books on track and field training can be found in the U.S. Library of Congress. He was innovative, introducing the idea of placing numbers on football jerseys so you knew who the players were. He popularized the use of the stopwatch for proper pacing in track and field. He introduced ice hockey to the city of Philadelphia and built the first indoor rink in the same city. He introduced the first league for playing hockey and developed the teams. He founded the Philadelphia Children's Playground Association and summer camps for kids and nurtured the Penn Relays into a world-class track meet. He taught and coached and was respected in some of the best prep schools and enshrined in seven halls of fame, all posthumously. There in Paris, he reappeared from behind the trees alone at the front. And he won the race in what was then a world record time. George Washington Orton was Canada's first gold medalist. Now you know the answer to the trivia question. Mark's book, The Greatest Athlete You Never Heard of, should be a must-read for every young Canadian to see what a person can do if they will just be committed to doing what you are passionate about and stay with it until you run out of time and opportunity to make a difference. I never met George Orton, and I know I would have spent days listening to why he did all the things he did. His story had not been told until recently. Certainly, every aspiring Olympic hopeful should read this book, for it is a story of overcoming setbacks and knockdowns and falldowns and mistakes and shows and describes what it means to be confident in what you are learning. George Orton didn't keep his growth to himself. He was an unbelievably generous person. He passed it on and helped others wherever he was by being more than a coach or participant, but instead stepped up and initiated programs and systems and ideas and fundraising to make it happen with the mindset of always giving the next generation a greater chance to live their best performance. My greatest inspiration was Sir Roger Bannister and his breaking the four-minute mile, and I couldn't read enough about him as a young boy, but George Orton would have been. A great empowerment right alongside Bannister, had I known about him and his books. Canada will send another contingent of athletes to the 32nd Games and the 16th Paralympic Games, and we should be proud of their accomplishments because it's going to be a difficult task to do in empty stadiums. What each of them do after the Games will have to raise the bar if they want to ever rival and come up with the standard of our first gold medalist and what he did with his life, despite starting with a disability. Confidence does not come from starting with a clean sheet and never having to overcome challenges that step in our way. I would never wish on anyone pain and suffering and a hard road. Life will give you a hard road as part of the natural course of things. However, confidence like a great crop happens because you had to overcome and push through the challenges right in front of you, and they were nurtured to be a healthy, successful crop. Then each day after that, until you suddenly discover that you have the power to grow and can overcome what others feel is impossible, we con ourselves into giving in, giving up, and giving less than we have to give if it gets tough. The only solutions are to give it to someone else to do. Confidence is believing in what has been made by your own hands. Take the time this summer to read The Greatest Athlete You Never Knew and start growing your confidence. Confidence cannot come to you from someone else. It has to grow within you. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you listening to this podcast every day, and I hope you will have grown and will be more confident the next time we meet. My quote for the day, securing rich achievement comes from experience earned by mastered positive action churned in the crucible of confidence and faith.